And we're back. Hello. We are finally back. Yeah, it's been a while. We took a little bit of time off because of schedules and summer and visitors to uh, our house. I have to say hello to M and Noelle, Jean, my favorite. I mean, you're all my favorite, but Jean's really my favorite. And uh, Janelle, they were all visiting us. And then your parents left. So everybody's gone. We had a house full of people all summer. It was super fun times. And now everyone's gone. We had, we had my parents for all summer. Yeah. And then the very last week that they were here, we had my cousin's family. From the Philippines. From the Philippines. What's up, Philippines? We had some delicious Filipino food. We had great Filipino uh, fellowship. It was good times. Good times were had by all. I have to tell you one thing that I have to say about your cousins, man. Like they go hoard. Like yeah. remember how like we <laughs> took we took Andre around and like he would see stuff, but yeah. like we paced it out. Like we we would take a day sometimes to have a disco nap and we would lay around. But then there was days when we were just we would go and see stuff. But yeah. I didn't feel like we were on this like crazy, you know, tour. Tour. These folks would get up after they had breakfast, and they would be gone all day. And they would yeah. saw they saw her buddy, and they did all the things. Uh, did they go to Warner Brothers in they went to Warner Burbank, Brothers? or did they go to Universal? They went to, I think they did both. Huh? They went shopping. Wow. They saw all the things. They've seen shit in L.A. I have never seen. Like I didn't even know the Citadel existed. Yeah. Never been to the Americana. But see, that's Easty. That's Easty. We don't, I don't go I don't there. go over there. There's dragons and shit over yeah. there. I don't know. But like they went and I was just like, okay, holler. You know, I was really impressed by their stamina. And then Jean, the hardest woman in the world, would be up at like one o'clock in the morning, like getting ready for the next day and like doing laundry. And oh my gosh, she's just well, I'm in complete awe of that woman. We were we were up till... Till two thirty every night. Two thirty three. Two thirty three every night, just drinking, bullshitting in the backyard, sitting in bullshitting. In. <clears throat> we sure did. It yeah. was crazy. Those are the best times too. Yeah. And then they would get it the next day, like they weren't hit like a Mack truck. Maybe they were just being polite because I would have been like, also they just came, they came straight here, and went to Santa Monica Pier, like off yeah. a twelve hour flight. I was tired as fuck and I didn't do anything. Oh right. No. <laughs> Do you know no, what I mean? Like, the I way I am, I go to your, if I'm going across, you know, I'm going to another country, I'm like, I'll hug you, Nick, when I come in the door, and then you won't see me for 48 hours. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get adjusted. But they were only here for four days, I know. so they had to get all that shit uh, in there. I know, they did. I'm just, wow. Yeah. Just, and I have a friend, wow. Cindy, coming in October, so we won't do that, Cindy. We have, well, we, we're supposed to take her around because she wants to go yeah, we're going to yeah. go see, we're going to Chris Cornell's place, his, his grave. We're doing some rock and roll stuff. We're doing a lot of rock and roll related things. But mostly, it's going to be about weed and wine and just hanging out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Love that. Some you barbecuing, maybe. I was, I was planning on grilling that one night, too, and I was like, fuck. I don't I know what y'all were thinking. She was going to make adobo. I'm like, everybody needs to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, vacation for me is just laying about. I don't get. I'm not a big tourist person. Just I'm not the I'm the worst person to go on vacation with. If you want to go see stuff, I figure they got internet, they got movies, they got reality TV shows. I don't need to see all that shit up close. I don't want a tour or nothing. I don't want to be given a tour. 
I just don't, I'm not that interested in the world. I'm not that curious. I mean, I, I read books and I'm curious at home. I look up things on the internet all the time. That's what Discovery Channel's for. Right. I'm mostly like going to like your house and getting to know your people and what y'all eat and what you think about your country and meeting the neighbors and going to the local market, going to the latest, you know, the, the dive bar you go to or whatever you're into. I don't need to say all the I feel things. that I feel that to an extent. Like when me and my family would go on uh, vacations, we would sometimes stay in like cabins in the North Carolina mountains. And every time they wanted to go out and like go on like the tour and see some bears, I'm just like, first of all, we're in a really nice house with a great view and it's quiet. I just want to stay here, right? And just fuck about and do nothing. That's that what to vacation me is. Like a perfect is. Vacation. Yeah. vacation is resetting. Now I get it though, and again, I don't, I don't, I, oh, I don't want Gene and company to think I'm criticizing them. I'm like, I'm saying I'm very honored that they came to stay with us. I was very proud that we got to show them what little we got to show them around, and then for their friends took them all about. I'm just saying, if they're expecting me to do that, if I ever go to the Philippines. That's not happening. <laughs> you're gonna be, you're gonna have. <laughs> Y'all gonna find me gonna laying ha- in the corner of the see, bedroom. <laughs> the thing is, like, they're gonna take you everywhere, but you're not gonna have to drive or do anything. That's fine. I'm still gonna be asleep. Yeah, yeah, I guess. So. And if but I'm like, I want to step hours. two feet out of the car and go, that's nice. Well, bye bye. Like we had. I just, I'm just telling them not to waste their time yeah. doing that for me. We had, we have um, some other cousins that live. That we found out lived east, like in Orange County. Mm. We were all going to meet up. Well, actually, they were going to come out here first, but then we're, the plans changed. It was a fluid. Yeah, thing. it was totally fluid. Yeah. So it got to the point where it was like, "Can we go out there?" And I was like, "Uh, <laughs> you know, it's that's like a that's an hour and a half drive." In all fairness, you had to drive for the next two or three days for work, so it wasn't like I did. piss off. I don't want to drive to no. you. It was like I'm going to be driving for three days. Yeah. I need to yeah. rest up. Yeah. She got it. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. It's like I was—I felt bad saying it. Hey, we went LA on each other. It's I like, man, go, I ain't driving I to Tribuco Canyon, man. That's oh, hell no. <laughs> G- you know, congratulations on living out there. But then you know, it was like, okay, we'll come out to you, and they came out all the way to Marina Del Rey. I felt like an asshole, and there was more of them than there were of us. Yeah. But that was fun, though. That was <laughs> I'm a fun so night. Sorry, we owe them. Kay, what have you been doing, Andre? You're back at school. Yeah, I'm back at school. I'm, I'm readjusting to everything. Um, yeah, so far it's been a pretty great semester. I mean, we're like two weeks in, but I'm really loving all my classes. Um, I'm taking one in particular that's a lot more interesting than I thought it was going to be, but it's a class about like 20th, 21st century music. So basically focusing on like contemporary music and how that came to be. And I find it interesting because there are so many parallels between how like new music was um like coming into society and how people reacted to it versus like how new things come into society now and people freak out a little bit and then they're like fine with it <laughs> like it's like we have learned nothing the wheel turns nothing is new yes um and i have an awesome professor for that it's a very much like discussion style kind of classroom so it's not a lecture we kind of just like sit around in a circle and we talk about the readings and we talk about whatever else for an hour and 15 uh so it's really fun that sounds like the kind of learning that i would appreciate i think that's also how we learn naturally i like that through discussion yes that's how we learn i like it a lot better i'm not like taking notes i'm not not we're just like talking Right, so you can regurgitate on the test what's been said to you in class, which I've always felt is such just like a janky way of taking on board new information. Yeah, that sounds cool. I'd like that class. 
Yeah. Um, trying to think what else. I mean, you're back, we've been you're back up. with your your homies. You're back in the house. Yes, yes. I actually took them home to Virginia Beach last weekend because um, they really wanted to go to the beach, and I was like, "I'll do it for you guys, but I'm not going in the water." <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I was like standing on the shore like a mom with my hands on my waist, just like <laughs> waving at them. <laughs> and they're like going farther and farther and farther out. And I'm like, I think they got like beeped by the lifeguard at some point. Um, Cause they just kept going out. I'm like, y'all, th- those currents are no joke. You better yeah. come back. Um, but no, that was really nice. It was a nice couple of days. Although I underestimated how much I reset in my weekends while I'm at school. Cause once I came back, we came back, on the Monday, on Labor Day, and then we were back in class on Tuesday, and I was just a wreck this past week because I didn't have time to like most do most of the assignments, didn't really have time to practice, so I was playing catch up for the whole week. And even though it was like three days because I don't have class on Friday, felt like the longest week of my life. Gotcha. Um, but this weekend has been like a godsend. Yeah, I'm getting so much stuff done. Uh, and yeah, I'm getting slowly back into the in the flow of things. Into I the pace. Started watching. What's yeah. that? into the pace of things we're in the same boat like everybody's gone yeah. and it's like it's been it was yeah. so kind of fast paced there at the end because it was kind of a slow lazy summer your parents kind of really chilled they hung out they didn't do anything crazy i mean your dad like worries like 24/7 but like they mostly just like hung out and really reset because they're very busy back in north carolina and so like they come and they i think they like to chill with us nothing's expected i noticed they were sleeping into like Sometimes eight and sometimes nine, and they were in their pajamas at noon. And I'm like, "See, welcome to the slack house. This is what we do." Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, you're on summer vacation, ain't nobody coming to the house. Y'all can walk around yeah. in your pajamas all I'm day. Pretty, yeah, I'm in pajamas for like most of the weekend. Yeah, I just, I'm just like, there's no point. I, I don't, don't go do out. No, I don't want to do the laundry. I don't go anywhere either. Like you think I would, but I don't. And like it's, it was good. But now that everybody, you know, it's like when you have a house full of people. It's like getting off a fast-moving like amusement uh, park ride. As you soon as you get off, like yeah, there's just the motion around. around. I think yeah. we're still a little mm-hmm. bit in that. And then like it, we're yeah. just today, like after we do the podcast, it's like let's just chill in the living room, play a little video games, watch a little Carnival Row, and the Wu Tang movie, and just like be chill, just like be cool. So, yeah. You were gonna say something yeah. else, but you're that, but you're you've been watching something. Were you gonna say what you've been watching? Oh well, I mean, speaking Carnival Row, yes. I caught the the pilot this morning, and I am intrigued. Yes, I was nervous because I was um, hearing things about how like it leaned too much into the um, how how do we say racism uh, <laughs> um, in ways that are kind of like eh, distracting. I didn't really feel it, but I'm only in the first episode. What did you say about it? I thought it was I thought it was um very like like Andre was saying, a little OTN. Yeah, a little on the nose. But you were saying that we gotta check out when this thing was written. Well, I don't think it was made for you this know. time. Yeah. I think Carnival Row is a it's been around I think the book's been around for a minute. So uh, looking at it from that perspective, it's almost as if like you didn't get it that time. You need to hear the lesson again. Look, we've been <clears throat> we've been keeping yeah. we've been discriminated against refugees uh, in our country forever, while also being refugees. We mm-hmm. we have the cornered hypocrisy <laughs> in this country. So, yeah. yeah, I feel like it's like this is a theme that we're just. I can think we're more acutely aware 
of racism and refugees and the other. Oh, totally. But we're yeah, always yeah. we always been about it in this country. Founding fathers, like everybody's been about this shit. Conversely, I'm listening to my my latest podcast while I'm taking my baths. My summer baths have been my refuge. CBDs and summer baths. Just saying, y'all. If you're going through some trying times with family, baths and CBDs. Oh, episode title right there. Right. There you go. <laughs> uh, that is it. So I was, I'm listening to 1865, which is the, the period almost immediately after a Lincoln is shot. And his war secretary, Stanton, is sort of in charge of bridging the gap as Johnson, Andrew Johnson, becomes president. And, and it's, it's a fully performed podcast. So no one's just like narrating it. It's uh, and the acting is oh. is stellar, and it's really really good. And so you're listening to that, and you're like, oh, "We be fucked up for a long time in this country. <laughs> like they just weren't gonna let black suffrage even be a thing after President mm. uh, Lincoln's assassination, and how he was a radical in his own party, and how Stanton was also seen as a turncoat because he was a Democrat. He went to the Republican side, and how everything that Lincoln wanted was like. No, she better don't. So, and Booth was not exactly a bad guy. And then Lucy Hale had a thing for him. And I'm like, what? My wig was just snatched up out that ba- the bathtub every day going, we have been at this game for a while. It's just that yeah. I do feel like we're going, oh, this show's talking about Trump. No, I don't think this show's necessarily talking about Trump. We, we no. are like this. Yeah. You know? That's who we are. Yeah. That's yeah. who we are. Yeah. Go ahead. You were about to say. I feel like Andre was getting wound up about something. You want to say something? I, no? I, I mean, I, I like it. I'm going to keep watching it. I mean, like, the personal thing for me was just the aesthetic of it all. I was like, okay, yep. It's exactly what I like. I'm going to keep yeah. watching it. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. The Fae. Totally down. I love me some Kara. The only thing mm. we both have a thing with is, like, we're big. No, we're just not fans of Orlando Bloom. But like I was saying, like, I want to see his Legolas, yeah. whatever he's doing. <laughs> I just want to see him being Legolas. Exactly. He can be on a beach in Ibiza <laughs> with like a, you know, a new girlfriend. I'm like, oh, Legolas on the beach. Yeah. Like, I just can't. I can't. I've just put that poor man in a box. I think I think after after episode three, I was starting to get into it. Yeah. Once we got to episode, th- the first two episodes, I was like, uh, always saying something, you know, just like, oh, man, this, that. I had, had something to complain about. But after three, mm. I was like, okay. It's starting to fall into place. And then I'm we like, go into like six. Totally getting into it. We're at episode six, and now we're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now we get it. Like, like, I was getting it by probably episode two or three, but now I'm like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. No, when there's a season two, we're building intrigue. And it's a very short first season, which is good. Well, am I high? Uh-huh. Is there a season two? Andre, do you know if there's a season two? Because I thought there was a season two. I don't know. You should look it up. Not, you are looking I up, should. guy. Uh, I'm currently. the look it up guy. <laughs> You're the look it up guy. <laughs> I got <laughs> First of all, you're looking it up. Look up like when the book was written so we can like be okay. right about no Ian's the looking up guy. Ian's <laughs> looking it up. I'm the typey typey. He's the typey typey guy. Oh, okay. Okay. Remember? Sorry, Remember we had this typey. conversation? He was a typey typey guy. We've reestablished <laughs> our roles a little bit. Ian's well, the ty- they haven't been they haven't been confirmed for season two yet. So. They haven't. Okay. I heard rumbles about that as well. Well, that's the thing. Is like I guess I was sort of high last night. I was looking through Amazon and I was like, oh, what? Shit. Season two. And it said episode one. I, was I don't like, think you were sort of high. I think but it's I, also been just like a week since it's been out. Yeah, so. that's the thing. Right. So and I was like, like why was there season, season two? two? Yeah. It was kind of like maybe the boys thing. Because you know how Prime did that with the boys. Oh. The boys ended and we're like on to season two almost immediately, that conversation. So I thought it was something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. I did not know 
that Kara could act. She is really, really good. I didn't oh, know yeah. she can hold the screen. So yeah. I'm like, and I'm also just championing, you know, Kara. She's my bi homie. Um, and I, I love, love her. her. Love her. And I just like how the whole, the phase are, there's a, well, you'll get to like episode five where someone stands up and like makes this beautiful case for racism amongst the humans and then turns around and does a 180 like pulls a Ben Carson on you and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> you just get whiplash from like the weird logic that happens against the Fae. And you're like, okay. What what caught my eye about the, the cast was that I'm feeling like there's this turn of the tide where because there's been like an influx, I think like within the past year or so of just like so many TV shows. Right. And how it's slowly like eclipsing like storytelling versus like in a movie. Like I'm seeing like Orlando Blue and like fucking Jared Harris doing a TV show. I'm like, oh, we're redefining who it and like the attitudes toward TV shows. Like it's not like a network thing that you do for seven years anymore. It's like an actual gig. And no, I love and it's that. it's a better gig too. There's more of it. There's probably more money. If there's a season yeah. two, you have an opportunity to, to re-up your aunties. I feel like that's that stigma has been sort of blown away. The people who are late to the train, so who too. are actors, I think they're going to get left behind. Like there's an actor who shall remain nameless who did one season of serial TV and was like, look at me. I did serial TV. And then they can't be bothered to be back for the second season. But, you know, that's how you get left in the dust, you know? Mm. Well, even like, even like Meryl Streep being in that, uh, one Big show Little Lies, that you yeah, didn't like yeah, doing that like a huge actor like that. It was, although mixed results. I actually liked her in it, and I and I appreciated the show so much better the second season with her her in it, even though it was weird and awesome and strange and her teeth and she was a bitch and apparently she was crazy. She's not crazy on set. She's like Maggie Smith. Like unless you come correct, you don't speak to the queen a certain way. Like. I think the right. director was trying to tell her to get up in her character, and she was like, I'm sorry. Um, I'm holding the <laughs> earth on its axis with all my Oscars, so maybe yeah. shut up. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe just shut the fuck up. And also, yeah. if you've been mistreated and maligned as much as Meryl has over the years, because she's not just been, you know, I know y'all know the whole Weinstein. I know what you're going to say about Meryl. I heard it. I hear it a million times. I get it. She's going to be fine, by the way, whether you hate her or not. She can't hear you from her sky mansion. Anyway, so <laughs> I feel like, you know, actors like her, they see what time it is, you know, and they see, you know. Oh, yeah. And not only on that show do you have Meryl Streep, you have Reese Witherspoon, and you mm. have uh, Kidman. Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Kidman. You know, you Lord have Aaron. these, you know, Zoe Kravitz. You have these people who, like, they don't n normally fuck with anything unless there's something behind it, you yeah. know. So, Yeah. I'm I was like, it. when I saw Jared Harris in this, I was like, oh, shit. Okay. I know. <laughs> well, going back to and, that. And uh, Indira. Yeah. Indira, who was like famously on Game of Thrones. This is funny how you watch a lot of British TV shows. Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. There was like 20 people in <laughs> Carnival Road who'd been in Game of Thrones. It was, it was written by uh, uh, Travis. Is it Travis Beachman? Mm-hmm. And... Um, he spent 10 years writing it. Right. Adapting it for a film. So long before, you know, the rise of Trumpism and fascism yeah. in America and the world, this is already, like I said, we people be peopling. Yeah. That's what we do. 
Yeah. Um. But it did. It did seem like I was saying a little, a little on the OTN on the nose when it, well, first the first two episodes. Yeah, I feel like some like people I th- I maybe it was, was already there that. in the book and they just kind of brought it up to yeah. this kind of fever pitch. Because I mean, I think I think at this point we're all going. We know. Yes, we get it. It's terrible. Yep. 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 Horrible. So I feel like that's what was happening with me with Handmaid's Tale, a little bit with these. If you're hyper aware of it, it's like, we get it. It sucks. Show us how to resist. Show us what we can do. Let's talk about that part. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the resolution. Yeah. Let's talk about that. And it's not Marianne Williamson. I know know y'all love that white lady, but (laughs) she crazy. And that concept is like injected into the story. I mean, like it's like why the story exists. Right. So it's kind of hard to like, I guess, not be on the nose about it. But then again, like, the thing that just stood up to me is like in the first episode when they're in uh, that chamber, I don't know, like the parliament or something. Right. And they're like, the refugees are coming in and taking our jobs and like for nothing and no money and they're not stimulating the economy. I'm just like, it's like almost a word for word, but like in this weird pseudo Victorian right. London thing they've got going on. Well, we had a whole so thing of like, I'm like, build a wall. We need to build a yeah. wall. But the fairies fl- will fly over it or build a higher wall and put some, <laughs> some, some barbed wire over the top of it. Blah. I was just like, Okay, yes. <laughs> it's like a Mystery thri- Science 3000 kind of experience where you're like, oh, we could all comment, you know, have commentary on this. Right? I, l- I like how they, they started to, to weave a little bit more of the magic into it. Yes. You know, it's kind of like, um, what was that other Netflix thing where they were, uh, there were cops on the force and there were different actual races? Oh, um, Bright? Uh, Bright? Bright, yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, kind of like inner interwining all yeah. of these different. I like that too. And also just about how uh, countries are established and what makes a country great and, um, you know, who we become and how we become, you know, we, we, we seek out, we set out to create a utopia, but on the way to creating utopia, we go, yes, but not the phase, you know, yeah, yeah. and not the, not the pucks, you know. And they be, oh, you just wait till you get the whole Puck story. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> There's some little Jeffersons versus, you know, white girl <laughs> happening uh, in that storyline, which I am very interested in. Uh, but some of the plot lines are predictable. I mean, you know who's going to hook up. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. I call the big thing with Philo, like, not Philo. Philo, I didn't, that was a twist. There was something that else was I called. Twist. I was like, oh, that's going to be, Yeah. I called the thing no, about his. Yeah, you called you called that. Yes. See, we're trying not to spoil it for you, Andre. Sorry. <laughs> I called the thing about the, but I didn't call like, the thing about that. So I feel bad because I was the one that recommended to put it in the calendar. You did. Like I'm only on one episode. I'm watching it because I was instructed to watch it in our Ashland Sisters conference. So I'm I'm being taking this seriously. I'm not going to be like Gotham trying to catch up for five years. I'm like, You're oh, like, yeah, I, I watch Gotham. It's been on the show for seven years. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> it's Teen Wolf all over again. <laughs> so I'm on top of it. Um, oh, God. Something else I've been watching. We watched, I, I've seen Chappelle Sticks and Stones. I'm not going to go on it uh, about it too much. I was, it's one of those things like after you've, you're immediately done watching it, like, wow. And I had Ian watch it. But the problem with, Chappelle's take on things and again he's backing up the what we'll always say in comedy is that comedy is comedy it's gonna say stuff we say stuff that you may not agree with then you may be diametrically opposed to Hmm. but into that free speech kind of thing 
you know, you got to let people say it. I, I had, although I was kind of like laughing behind my hand at the time watching Sticks and Stones, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Oh, snap. Oh, damn. I still came away from it going, I guess what that show has done is reestablish that line firmly in the sand of comedy is comedy. You know, when we have, we used to call comedy um, something else. We called it several things in the past. You know, it was commentary. You know, you had Will Rogers. He would come out and do, it was witty, witticisms. And then it was, you know, um, you can call it all kinds of things. The I word is escaping me for a minute. I, <laughs> I did had on the feel, tip of my tongue. I did feel like at times uncomfortable when I was watching it. Right, and I don't think you're made to, I don't think comedy is always about making you feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, if you go back and you look at um, Eddie Murphy's Raw uh, stand-up, probably known as one of the best stand-ups in the world. The new generation would look at it as misogynist and and just a lot of negative things. And again, mm. it's like when Cat Williams is homophobic as shit, you know, and I love Cat. I was like, oh man, I don't, I can't fuck with Cat now, right? But it doesn't mean he was canceled. I'm just like, I'd just rather not hear that. Like, I can like a person and like their art and their work and be sitting across from them and going, shit, dude. It's like it's like my 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 deal with hip hop, right? You know, I, I'm having I I'm trying to to listen to songs from you know that from my collection that don't yeah don't do that because I want to move forward from that yeah as a society yeah you know I don't want to be part of an indiv- my individually you know changing and not allowing that to be normalized yeah it's really hard for me like when it, when there's something that has been like I always go back to like the Kevin Hart example about how like he did a stand up it was like 2009 or something like that where like he would like beat up his son if he was gay or something and I'm just like okay I like break it down cuz I'm like okay 2009 I guess it was acceptable to say something like that but also like the way people use comedy as like a shield against criticism kind of throws me off a little bit because it, it's the again the whole free speech thing is that there is free speech but there also are consequences to it sure. and i feel like we always talk about how like comedy and just like storytelling in general should evolve with the times um yes and it's interesting but, like, that you bring this up because this is exactly what one of the things that Chappelle talks about is yeah. kevin hart Oh, re- oh, really? He hits it head on. And, and one of his, th- the, the premise of the show, I'm going to spoil it for you. If you haven't watched it, stop listening now. Uh, if you haven't watched, uh, it's on Netflix, Sticks and Stones, Dave Chappelle, is that he comes out and he goes, I have a hard time with you, the audience. He goes, you guys are the most hardest motherfuckers to entertain on the planet because you have, and he starts going through all of these things. And he, it's interesting because you kind of, you're, you're kind of wobbling on a line yeah. about how you feel about Chappelle and about comedy at the end of it. Because he talks about how Kevin Hart, he said he's the most unproblematic person. He's the most perfect person as you can get in this industry. And in 2009, he tweets, I think he characterizes them as kind of not even funny homophobic remarks about he it's a tweet about how if his son was gay he would break a dollhouse over his head and he kind of goes to the comedy of like first he's got to go buy a dollhouse and blah 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 and does all this stuff and he said you know i don't think kevin truly feels that way 
But he's the only uh, guy I know, black person I know, that wants to host the Oscars. And it was his lifelong dream. He goes, I never don't, I don't even know a black person who wants to host the Oscars. But, and he lost out to that. But he goes on to explain it. And I'm not going to do the act. We should yeah. probably behooves everybody to at least watch it because you come away from it going, it's not as cut and dried as we want these things to be. Yeah. Um, and he said Hart wasn't going to apologize for it, and then Hart goes out and apologizes for it on a, a apolog- uh, an apolog- apologizing tour. But then recently, I don't know if you've seen this, The Shop on HBO, LeBron James' The Shop, Lil Nas is on there, and he's talking about being gay and coming was, out of the closet. Yeah, just about to bring that up. And then Kevin overcompensates now for being at the, the center of being criticized for his remarks and cuts Nas off about talking about coming out and being gay. But what I can say about all of these things is that if I don't see in Kevin Hart a doubling down of being hateful. I don't think the man truly is homophobic even. I, don't, I feel like he's a person who who's, wants to learn and wants to be open, and Dave is acknowledging that fact of, the dude fucked up, but... Y'all are dragging this up after th- 2009. What the fuck? I tend to agree with yeah. this. Because if you're going to accept Kevin Hart, you're going to accept James Gunn. Right? You're going to be cool with James Gunn tweeting those really shitty, horrible, pedophile-based tweets. You're going to be cool with that. You're going to be cool with Kevin Hart in my book. You can't have it both ways. You can't have it those two different standards. You know what I'm saying? They're both think, egregious tweets. Yeah. Right? Totally. Totally. What right. I but like the whole thing with this little Nas thing, it rubbed me completely the wrong way. To me, I don't get the sense that Kevin Hart wants to learn. I feel like the way he said it, like like, oh, he said he was gay, so what? It doesn't matter. That shows just a level of ignorance that I don't think it's it's hate fueled, but also he was pretty like dismissive of like what little Nas was saying like and saying like he like little Nas was saying like i've been growing up to hate gay people and and heart was like oh hate what like why like what are you talking about but again i think kevin is trying though here's the thing is i just i don't i still and i'm not kevin hart doesn't pay me i don't know the dude i just we experienced real firsthand up close fucking homophobia and hatred and this is one of the things Chappelle says that I completely agree with. He goes, I've had friends. I have gay friends. And he calls us, he calls the LGBTQI, he like, calls them the alphabet people that <laughs> don't like him. You know, and he does this whole thing about it. But, like, he's like, you know, we can't, this, th- him saying the dollhouse comment and even cutting off little Nas, stupid, ignorant, you need to learn, yes, but in its heart and soul, truly homophobic, the way we've experienced homophobia, you know, people getting kicked out of their houses, uh, being denied just access to life. Kevin's not trying to do that. He's not, he's not writing policy. Do you know what I mean? I, and I feel like it's a teaching moment for him. Also, dude just got out of the hospital after, I mean, he just crashed his car. <laughs> I'm just saying, 
this is the probably the thing that your generation is going to hear a lot because I just went through it last week with my favorite actor flipping the bird and everybody asked like he shot a baby in the face. And it's not the same as homophobia. I'm not saying the dude did anything on the level of Kevin Hart, but I feel like we do need to have a reasonable conversation about ignorance and somebody who, and the way he said it, again, I get that people are going to come down on him. And I was just like, oh, fuck, Kevin. Damn, dude. Dave Chappelle just did a stand-up act defending you and trying to have everybody cut you a break, and then you just did this. And again, the timing of, I don't know, when one was shot and when the other one was shot, we don't know the timing of these things. But I'm just saying, if we're not going to cancel James Gunn, why are we canceling Kevin Hart? Uh, but I feel like, though, because like, with the James Gunn thing, as far as we know, it was kind of a one-time thing. With Kevin Hart, it was the tweets, him going through the Oscar thing, the Academy wanting him to apologize, him not wanting to apologize, and then this thing with Little Nas and whatever else he said in his stand-ups, to me, it doesn't feel like the same thing almost. And I'm sorry, but like the, it, the, the Dave Chappelle comment of like the alphabet people is honestly to me homophobic. Like that really actually like oh no, you, I don't think really gonna, turns me I off. I don't think you're going to walk away from Sticks and Stones feeling awesome about Dave Chappelle. I, I know, and yeah. I don't know that I feel super awesome about Dave Chappelle. At the same time, I think I understood what Dave was saying. Like, I understand a lot of times what the Nazis are saying. They don't like white people, um, you know, going out of uh, style. You know, they're mad. Like, I can understand it all day long and not love the message at all. Right. Yeah. But what I'm saying with Dave, I, here's the thing I always encourage. I wouldn't take quotes out of context. I think it needs to be seen. And I don't know if we can have a full conversation about this unless you do watch it. Because I'm, I'm not a book burner. And I'm not accusing you of being that. I think it's we're having this conversation in a for a reason. Is that mm -hmm. watch it and then let's talk about it because I don't think it's necessarily going to change your mind, but it's going to give you the context. Because he talks about Michael Jackson, he talks about R. Kelly, he talks about trans people hating his guts, he talks about why he earns that ire. He makes an even more egregious joke about being Chinese inside. He's married to an Asian woman, like. But ultimately, there's things that you have to ask, you know, where's the line in free speech? Where's the line in the ignorance? Is Kevin Hart, you know, deserving of all of the shit he's getting? Probably. Is he deeply, deeply homophobic? I don't think he thinks about it that much. Uh, did he just trip up on, like, the most powerful young talent out there? Yes. So I feel like he's about to get his ass handed to him. And maybe Kevin will come out the other side of this. You know, but if we just cancel people and cut them the fuck off, they don't get a chance to like evolve with us and learn. Like I know people now who are no, saying, "Yeah, that I agree with." Yeah. Like people who are saying now, like I've had this said to me before in other circumstances. People are saying to me now, like quietly, I voted for Trump and I was very loud about it in the first year, and now I'm embarrassed. I don't know how to go. Like, how do I recant? Because there's people out in the street with, like, stones going, fuck you, you voted for Trump. No, you eat shit and you live there and you stay there. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. I even heard Ian's parents have a lot of buyer's remorse over the summertime. You know, like, this dude, I mean, we could have told him. You want to get, like, you want to put your hands on your mom hips and go, look, I already told you this motherfucker was this before you even voted for him. But that doesn't help them. They want a yeah. way out of the woods. 
Maybe Kevin Hart is going to get away out of the woods. Maybe he's salvageable. I don't think Kevin Hart would throw him on a big pile and cancel him. No. Like, and that's also not to say that I don't want him to learn. Yeah. That's the one thing I do want him to learn. Right. I feel like it's just taking him a lot longer than I thought it would. Well, you know, that's I got to tell you. I mean, the older older folks sometimes, they, you know, and he's also super famous, got a lot of money that insulates you and you feel like you can do no wrong. Yeah. And a lot of people get sold up. You see this happen all the time. Somebody has been who, who's been right in their minds for so long. Now they're just like they double down on that. Oh, really? I've done the same thing where I think I'm so cool. And then somebody comes along and goes, you can't do that. Say that. Be that. And I'm like, fuck, you're right. Shit, 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 shit. I still do it. I still fuck up. You know, I probably did it on this podcast. So I'm just saying, I feel like everybody just, I mean, I'm seeing people just going crazy. And y'all are like, wow, fuck the old people. We don't want to vote. We want to listen to the news. Great, but you're going to inherit all this. This is going to be yours. This is becoming yours if it's not already in part yours already. So yeah, it's like I feel like it's a it's a constantly evolving conversation that we're mm-hmm. having, and I don't feel like you can put a line on it. I feel like it it totally depends on on what context you're you're talking about. Yeah, and I think you're right about that. But I feel like when it comes to the line of comedy, and again, this is probably because of my age and because I am an old comedy writer, is that you you say the oh shit stuff to kind of see where we are. Sometimes it's taking a pulse. Sometimes it's taking a piss. Sometimes it's a deeply held belief that you have. And then sometimes you're just trying shit out. A lot of comedians are just, they're doing it for a reaction. And they can't even tell you what their set is stemming from because it comes from a lot of different sources, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it right, it's right or wrong. And a lot of times they say some stuff that I find highly egregious. I found myself watching this going especially the two guys who came forward who accused Michael Jackson, I'm like, shit, you've gone through all of this just to have Dave Chappelle get up there and, like, tear you down in, like, a 10-minute bit where he doesn't believe you. I mean, fuck. It took a lot of guts for those two guys to come forward. And I've had a lot of people have a really strange reaction to that whole Michael Jackson thing, like I said on another podcast about that. She goes, look, I had just had to give up R. Kelly I'm going to give up R. Kelly. I can live without like supporting that and being a part of that, but I'm not giving up Michael Jackson. Fuck you. Yeah. And I was like, first of all, I'm not telling you to give up anything. I just said I saw um, Leaving Neverland or whatever it was called, and yep. I, I didn't tell you anything. But, I mean, that was the reaction I got just by suggesting something. Um, yeah. And then I had for another anyone, friend who anyone... said the same thing but nicer. She was like, Look, you know, I know R. Kelly, but Michael Jackson was our wedding, and, and she was tortured by it, but at the same time, she was like, I just can't give it up. But the other friend, horrible, just like a strange, out the, just like, like spider monkey, and that was a recent conversation, like a recent text exchange, and I was like, fuck, okay, all right, I, I, I'm not telling you. And now a lot of the worst people in the world are using Dave Chappelle's stand-up to shore up their points of view. That's the other consequence of what Dave said. I find it interesting. Also, for anyone listening, we we actually did actually a whole podcast about art versus the artist. It's back yes, in March did. if you guys want to listen to it. But um, I feel like it's less about what you feel like 
um, legitimizes you not associating with the artist and how people um, treat other people for their own decisions. Like right. vilifying people for listening to Michael Jackson after the whole Leaving Neverland thing. I think that at the heart of the issue, what the reaction is to how other people make their decisions is where where the argument actually is. And I feel like the answer is always kind of like, one, it depends. And two, it depends on whether you as a person can actually split that into two little boxes and enjoy just one of the boxes, or you can't separate those things. And I right. feel like either way, I mean, like, but there's also like, I'm saying this now, but I'm thinking about like, like Harvey Weinstein and like just more extreme cases of that. So it's kind of like, what are the levels? And I, I guess right. it's what you're saying. Like, where is the line? I feel like the line's always shifting depending on what and who we're talking about. I agree. I yeah. totally agree. And even in comedy, it shifts. I mean, we've talked about this. You and I agree on this, that, you know, you need to keep pace with the times. So, but it's a little bit more, it's, it's a little bit more in your face when a powerhouse like Chappelle, not a powerhouse to you, necessarily but for those of us who have always been like fucking dave Chappelle, he's the shit like he got on tv his tv was his tv show was groundbreaking it talked about race i mean if you want to go to someone who really has a lot of aha checked moments about race go to dave Chappelle because he starts off with anthony bourdain and uses his friend as an example of like my friend went through all of this shit and he never once thought about killing himself. Like you're like, fuck, but you're also going shit. There's a, just a ring of truth in some of the things that he says. And then he goes off the deep end when he starts talking about the alphabet people and you're like, oh, fuck Dave. But then he, go, he goes on and says, you know, like when he talked, talked about the crack epide epidemic and the opioids. Yeah. And he said, you know what? I kind of feel like how white people did with during the crack epidemic. I don't care. Yeah. So I Good think luck with that. What, what, he, what he's doing is like, like I said, I felt uncomfortable watching it, but he's putting up in front of me who we are. And he's well, and for his version of who he thinks we are. Yeah. Because you always have to look at it this way. Again, it, this is Eddie Murphy or Cat Williams or, or you know, uh, Paula Pell or whomever your comedian's in front of you, Wanda Sykes, you know, Ellen DeGeneres. They're putting up a filter of what they're seeing. It's yeah. their take on something, it is not the world's take no. on anything. It's not. It's what they're saying. And like read the room and maybe you don't get it. You don't like go Andrew Dice Clay from 1983 or you're not going to get out of the building alive because you're saying maybe some stuff there that's like dated and aged and whatever. And I'm not Dice. I'm just using Dice as an example. But like, you know, there's people who have evolved like Bobcat Goldthwait. There's a lot of people who evolved with the times, you know, who, who can keep that pace. So I'm kind of this is one of those weird specials, comedy specials happening at a time where you're like, oh, shit. I mean, he goes to there. Yeah. Like, he goes right up in there and talks about all of the things, and he has some salient points, and then some of it you're like, oh, shit. There's For a guy who doesn't want to be fucked one. with, yeah. you just made sure a bunch of people are going to fuck with you now. Be and he had there. made the case about Hart, and I was like, okay, all right, you know, Kevin, it was 2009, you know, and I had to, and I took myself out the room with the James Gunn thing. So, well, no, there's so many other people. And then the shop happens, and I'm like, shit. <laughs> so where does he stand? You know, and where, and who is this person to us? And who are we giving our coin to? And, you know, and I had a friend, there's this woman, uh, you know, 
baby boomer, obviously, who's just like doubling down on like, well, I just, I can, I don't have to know the stuff about the people. And I'm like, yeah, but what if you learned that they were like human trafficking and child pornography and raping and pillaging? You're still going to sit here and go, mm, I just love the song. You know, like, do you really? Yeah. Is that it's cool? It's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard. It, you mean like, I, how, I, once I know it, I can't unknow that. But I guess, and even as a person who's in the queer community, when I hear Kevin say ignorance, I guess I've just been around so many fucking ignorant people, and then I've been around people who are fucking evil, who want you to die, who send you to conversion therapy, run by a dude who just came out the closet, God. and is gonna go be with Internalized his internalized homophobia. Woo! Really is girl a bitch. child. Good luck going out in them bars. Good luck with grinder, bitch. Anyway, so. But like you know, there's a well, there is a difference between those levels, yeah. right? Now we just have to check on on Kevin and go, yeah, hey bro, you're gonna come along in the conversation. But so here here's a here's a more current thing, like this thing with what Scarlett Johansson said about Woody Allen. Oh my god. So like, if I still support Scarlett Johansson, am I by proxy? Yeah, supporting know. Woody Allen, supporting all of these see, molestation now, charges. Now, we're, now like, we're getting into a weird place. It's like I don't know. Like, see, I don't know either. I, I mean, again, like I was like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh shit, I need to check on Andre. <laughs> How's he taking this? Because you know, and I had just, I had just gotten <laughs> back to like, I never really cared for ScarJo. I didn't dislike her. I thought she was cute when she came out. It's like it's like J Law. I was like, oh, these girls are cute, and they're really cute, and we got a new batch of white girls. That's cute, and they could hold their own on screen and whatever. I didn't think they were overtly interesting but they were like cute girls and then you know then the ghost in the shell thing happened and i'm like this girl doesn't know what time it is apparently you know she just doesn't know what time it is and then we all rally behind scar joe i actually love her in the last you know several um marvel movies i'm loving her in the avengers and then this bitch says this and here's the thing just say nothing yeah, or or before you open your mouth, do you know if you have the, a platform? Don't don't say something ignorant. I, I mean, just, like her PR manager must be like just like she snorting quit. rails at this she, point. She's like, snorting <laughs> rails. She's just doing. She's doing. She's shooting like tequila in her eye. She's like again a <laughs> fucking like this again. bitch. <laughs> I just took a DNA test and <laughs> I'm one hundred percent going to quit also, this job. But also, so you so you have this Scarlett Johansson in that box, the mm -hmm. Woody Allen box, and the yeah. Ghost in the Shell box, and and the Rub and Tug box, and then you have the other Scarlett Johansson. Oh, in this I forget. Box. I forgot Rub and Tug. I'm like, girl. Oh yeah. lord, lord. You have this other Scarlett in this box, and she's the a champion for women's rights. She's donated to domestic violence victims. So it's like, so do I like her? Do I feel comfortable supporting her? Is it? How do I make that decision, and how how is it going to affect how other people look at me? Listen, yeah. I've said this before. I grew up worshiping Woody Allen. He made me want to be a comedy writer. I discovered him when I was 13 years old, and I don't mean personally in a bar somewhere. He wasn't trying to pick me up. I'm just saying I started loving him at 13. I read all of his books. I went to see Annie Hall. It transformed my life. I wanted to live in New York. I didn't realize Woody Allen's in New York is a very specific type of choice, and it doesn't exist that way. But, like, I, this was the guy who launched my persona he's a guy i can credit with getting the fuck out of the, the south and wanting to do something and wanting to to grow my art 
And I've had to walk around now for years going, shit, this dude. I mean, again, you can believe Ronan Farrow and you can believe uh, Dylan Farrow or you cannot believe them. But just walking around, the dude is tone deaf, gross, and soon ye happened, okay? It's just, I don't know what to do with that. Like, I can't, I can't do it. I try to sit down and watch a movie of his, and I'm like, I can't do it. I don't know, it just doesn't feel right. It just feels very bizarre. And then I did force myself to watch the last Amazon series, and I'm like, you don't know what time it is, do you, Woody? Like, there's no real soul searching there. And so I get what you're saying now that I said that out loud about Kevin. Kevin's not accused of sexually assaulting anyone. Let's be clear. He's not assaulting. He hasn't assaulted anyone. He hasn't, no. to our knowledge, done anything actionable at all. He's just said dumb shit. Dumb homophobic shit. But, like, with Woody, I mean, like, I don't know. Like... I feel like he's that dude who's been so famous for so long, living in a gilded cage made of trumpet parts. I don't know how Woody lives. And he just, he's just stuck. So you would, but then you've got Scarlett. I don't know. I feel like Pamela Adlon did when she got interviewed by Esquire and she kept, they kept asking her about Louis C.K., and she was like, and that was her homie. Like, that was her ride or die mm-hmm. homie. And she was like, stop asking me about this. This is horrible. Yes, I screamed at him. I don't, I can't talk to him. I can't, I fired Dave Becky. I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to fucking do. Yeah. But I do feel like the number one thing we shouldn't do is run from the conversation, maybe. No. And the whole thing is such a paradox, too, isn't it? Because we, we condemn people who have said, actual things like what Scarlett Johansson said where Kevin Hart said and we but we condemn the people who have been accused of doing something even more I'm not defending anyone in any sort of way but I find the paradox of how we think about these things is that we condemn people who are accused of doing the more egregious shit more than the people who have said things but you can't compare those you can't compare like raping someone versus like just saying a homophobic thing so it's like it's weird balance of scales it, it this this conversation can go on for another three hours for all for all i'm concerned yeah, and we can we i can, can write an example after example after example of things. but we would never get to a point where we can be like this is it and i think the fundamental yeah. thing is just that because us as humans are so multifaceted and we're not one thing it's hard to talk about something like this yeah but i'm glad that we do I yeah. didn't want to spend our entire tea time talking about this. I was like, I've watched Dave Chappelle's Sticks and Stones, but what am I thinking? Well, of course we're going to talk about this because it literally hits right into the... And I'm like I said, I feel like because it's on everybody's tongue, it's like you should probably watch Sticks and Stones. It's not that... It's only about, you know, an hour. Mm-hmm. It's just something that... So you can be part of the... Con- I always encourage... Like, I'll watch, sit down and watch something. Like, people are talking about, like, all these Nazis in the streets. I started following a bunch of Nazi uh, groups, you know. I have a, a third Twitter account. I started following these fools, and I was like, okay. I mean, y'all been saying the shit since, you know, the Klan was around when I grew up in the South. I mean, it's the same old shit. You know, white purity and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, okay. Now I, I copy that, got it. I can unfollow all you guys. And now I'm on a watch list. Um... <laughs> but it's like I want to know what everybody's screaming about. So I've, I, that's all I'm encouraging, and I'm not trying to be lecturing about it. Like, if you're going to reference something and talk about something, I think people should watch it. You know, mm-hmm. that's all I'm saying. Um, but like I told you, you're not going to be going, oh, I love Dave Chappelle. He's my favorite comedian ever. <laughs> um, 
He's done some groundbreaking shit, but he's also he says some very problematic fucking things in this thing. We're talking about Roman Polanski and stuff like that. Like they ain't never gonna forgive that bitch. She yeah. can't even come back in the country. Yeah. His name just came up. I was listening to it on the news or something. There, there were. Well, it's because of Once Upon festival. a Time in Hollywood because his, he was married to Sharon Tate and she was pregnant oh. with his child during that whole thing. So it's like th- there's just people who are... But I find people who are railing about certain things, especially this last week, I've noticed acutely that people are railing about stuff and then I'm like, I know what you put on Tumblr. I know what you guys are talking about. And then you're just like, Wow. Everybody's lost their damn minds. And for me, instead of like losing... I'm like, okay, what do they say? What do they do? I really want to evolve and learn. Don't, I think we all do, don't we? Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that we're having this conversation. As difficult as it is, because I don't have any answers. I don't have any answers. I may end up walk, walking away from this going, fuck Kevin Hart. Or I may go, oh, well, I don't know. Give him a chance. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, I don't know either. <laughs> I am excited about one thing. Mr. Robot, final season four is coming back. I'm not excited about an ending. Hell yeah. But I'm excited that it's happening so quick. October 6th, uh, season four comes back. 13 episodes. It's like in a month. It's in a month. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to run around in a circle and faint. I have no idea. It's just going to be, it's just having all types of pre-emotions. So The 13 trailer epi- looks fucking awesome. The trailer just came out. Amazing. It's like, Elliot, you in danger, girl. Uh, or is White Rose in danger? I don't know. Somebody's going to get got. Somebody's going to so, get yeah. got. So we don't know. We know that uh, Rami Malik did a lot of running. Uh, he ran, <laughs> looks like, the entire season four. Um, I think he's going to be running in the Bond movie. Bitch's leg muscles are going to be on point. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know if I'm right about this, but with episode, if you looked at every, and it's, um, and by the way, Robot's going to be in this coveted Sunday night slot. Sunday nights is like the shit, right? Mm, so yeah. I feel like it's going to end somewhere around the new year. Maybe the 29th. I don't know if they're going to take a week off here or there for whatever. So it may be that it's ending mm. into t- 2020. But if I was calculating, possibly it may end on the 29th. I'm not really sure. But I'm just excited. I have no idea. And you know what's happened? I've stopped theorizing. I was like, I stopped. You know how I've been prep. You know how I've been. Like, even when I was trying to get you to watch the show, I was like, I have theories. Let's talk about them. Yeah. I stopped all that. I'm just here for the ride. I'm going to be, I'm going to be one of those people who just lets the, lets Game of Thrones ends. And then we'll let the creator tell me how they want it to end. And I'm not going to be on the internet going, I want a petition to remake the last season of Mr. Robot. I'm not going to do that. So whatever you're going to tell me, Sam Esmail, <laughs> I'm here for it. I have I like no, anyway. and I was shocked at myself. I didn't have any compulsion to go on Reddit and uh, exclaim anything. It's like, okay, okay. I want to say really quickly, um, I saw It Chapter 2 last night. <gasps> what? Um, I thought it was amazing. Everyone should go see it. It's much more than the Scary Clown movie. I'm hearing, like, crazy good things about it. Like, from, not to... from critics. I don't listen to critics. But, like, my friends, like you, like, oh, they no, loved yeah. it. So you loved it. 
it's I do want to say if, if anyone's listening and they haven't seen it, I have to prepare you because the opening scene is a little rough. Um, it's not a spoiler, really, because it was in the book as well. Uh, but the film kind of starts off with um, like the brutalization of a gay couple um, and one of them gets thrown off a bridge and it's it's a little messy. It w- ran a little longer than I would like it to. It didn't ruin the movie by any stretch for me, but it kind of makes up for it and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, but just know that you're going into that. This um, explains why all the tumblers have been on fire with Pennywise is homophobic. So fucking Pennywise is an alien. <laughs> anyway, uh, not my point, but yeah. I was, I was prepared for it. Cause I saw someone else on Twitter be like, Hey, just so you know, movie starts like this. I'm like, cool. I can be prepared for that. Yeah. Um, I feel like I would, yeah. So, but otherwise, I feel like by the end of it, I was just thinking about like, wow, this is just miles ahead of any other horror movie, like pretty much ever. Mm. Mostly because at the heart of it, it isn't a horror movie. It's just a movie about uh, friendship and relationship and love and just human things. And that's the beating heart. Um, and I was very emotional by the end. Oh, um, really? It's a great companion piece to the first chapter. Um, but yeah, go see it. Go give it that box office number. It started off really well. I think it was like 91 million so far. Um, that's right. Yeah. 91 million as of this morning. Mm -hmm. I definitely want to see it. We had planned to go see it and I wanted to give it to my, uh, my caps, but, um, we just should go see it for Bill Hader alone. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm totally in, I'm a huge Stephen King fan and this is one of the favorite, my favorite books that he's ever, uh, written because, Mm -hmm. If you know anything about Stephen King's work, it, there's the ghoulies and the goblins and the creepy things, but it's always about the people. He writes like the heart of of these characters like no other. He really puts a beating heart in in everything, in, in yeah. every book that he's ever done. And I mean, there's a couple of like, I mean, the dude's written just volumes and volumes of books. You're gonna have misses. God, we'd all wish we had like his misses. Uh, you know, his hits or misses. He's like he's prolific. But yeah. like what his early stuff, like the stand, um, as crazy and as corny as it got at the end, the stand is is so well written. You know, the, the talk about the keeping the line taut. I, I feel I still feel like somebody should properly re- make the stand. There was the TV series, but somebody mm. should do that. But it seeing the 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 first one, I was like, somebody got it right. Somebody finally learned how to adapt King. And yes. I think they did it with Shawshank. I think they did it with Green Mile, which were written under his Richard Bachman moniker, pen name. But like the Stephen King treatment has rarely really gone off as planned. So I feel like yeah. somebody finally understood what King is about. He's not the king of horror. He's the king of storytelling. Yeah. So I'm excited yeah. to see it because I absolutely adored the book. And the uh, the adult casting is fucking phenomenal to the point where i thought there was some cgi work going on because i swear like they 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 had like the same eyes as the younger counterpart like it was really creepy but i've the casting was just fucking phenomenal and everyone was great and it was just a great time it was a great time i really want to see it i'm totally excited about seeing it i have to do that what's everybody's week looking like work you're working school for you School. Um, a week from now, I'm going to be seeing Game of Thrones live. So that's going to be really fun. Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> You're taking your dad. You were saying your dad's winding through um, Game of Thrones. Where? What season is he on? 
He's on the last episode of season seven. Holy crap. Yeah, he's careened through. The last time I talked to him, which was a week ago, he was like finishing up five. So he barreled through six and most of seven in like a week. Oh my gosh. And yeah. then you were saying that your dad's calling uh, the Night King the Night Lord. Yes. <laughs> and I went off on the whole like give the damn Night Lord some respect. <laughs> yeah, it's really <laughs> kind of tangent in our uh, text messages. But I think that's really awesome that he calls him. He can be he can be the dark uh, the the night lord the dark lord the dark lord the night lord <laughs> he can be whatever he wants to be I think that's yeah. cute we should have your dad come on at some point and like give his take once he sees the whole thing give his take on like that Game would be interesting would he come he on would he be on the podcast I don't know I don't know if he'd be down for something like that no I'd have to ask him but it would be interesting because he has like I was telling you a lot of interesting sort of thoughts and takes that I would never in a million years think about he just has that kind of because he like he's really t tuned into like more of like the plot side of things versus the character side of things right he doesn't fangirl over anybody he's just like okay now she did right. this, so that's yeah. gonna happen there yeah and that's why we're, and in that respect we're kind of the complete opposite of how we view tv um but he's also not a big tv watcher anyway oh. he just kind of started watching game of thrones because i told him to <laughs> right i at least suggested it um but yeah yeah, he has a lot of interesting thoughts. And he's predicted yeah. a couple of things. Um, he pre he predicted that the battle with the Night King is going to happen first before they have the battle at King's Landing. Look at him. Um, and I think he said he said either Brienne or Theon was going to kill the Night Lord, um, which I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> it could have gone but that way. It could have, but yeah. I would love to have your pops on to talk about Game of Thrones. I think that would like be, we got to talk him into it. He probably says no, but anyway. Yeah. Cool. Um, it's been good catching up with y'all. We'll be back next week. We're going to be coming back on our weekly slot. We had to take a little bit of a break. We'll be back. We'll be seeing you out in the streets. Go to ashlandsisters.com. Uh, that's our new and improved uh, website. It's more friendly to podcast playing, so you can listen to the podcast at any time. Um, yeah. It's easier to find the episodes. We haven't gotten rid of ashlandpodcast.com yet. I am going to be phasing that out in November. But right now, you can go to either ashlandpodcast.com or ashlandsisters.com to listen to the podcast. Or iTunes or Stitchers or Google Play or TuneIn, which I can't log into. Yeah, you're helping me over there at TuneIn. You can find <laughs> the podcast in a lot of places. But uh, if you just want to go to ashlandsisters.com. There it is. That's that's the boop. That's our new uh, that's our new jam. We're also on SoundCloud now. We put up yep. a bunch of episodes on SoundCloud, and that's where we'll live. So thank you, new SoundCloud audience, uh, for following us. We'll follow you back. Follow for follow there. Same thing with Twitter and uh, Facebook. We're Ashland Podcast on Twitter and on Facebook. Come and interact. We also have a phone number, don't we? We sure do. If you guys want to call in and for uh, any comments, thoughts, suggestions, what have you, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on anything that we talked about today or previous episodes. Um, we'll play it on the air for you if you want to leave a voicemail or just leave a text. Uh, the hotline number is 424-291-2439. Again, 424-291-2439. And it's also embedded in all of our social media, so you can just go there as well. And you can also just email us at, on our page, ashlandsisters.com. There's also a way to um, yeah. email us on ashlandpodcast.com. They're like, that's way too much information. Just tell me the one place to go. <laughs> You're yeah. already listening to us, so however you got here. Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> just do whatever you just did. Again. 
All right, you guys have a, a wonderful week and take care of yourselves. And self care is not selfishness. Take care of yourself, okay? And know that we love you. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>